Hello, I'm James Fuller and welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. Over the past few days we've been marking the one year anniversary of this state of deliberation and my part in that was to do an interview with the Chief Minister, Deputy Peter Furbrush. Back in November last year, Deputy Furbrush made an address to the nation type speech where he set out a planned course of action for this state until the summer of 2025. So we took that speech and sat down with him to ask about the progress made, or in some cases, the lack of it. Enjoy the interview. I'm here with Deputy Peter Fairbrush, the President of uh, Policy and Resources Committee. Um, Deputy Fairbrush, you uh, stood in election and were successful on the 8th of October 2020 uh, and immediately wanted to become Chief Minister, President of, of PNR. Uh, how did you rate your chances at that, at that point? Well, I, I thought probably 40-60 because Deputy St Pierre, because of COVID, had had a, an enhanced vote. Uh, you know, anybody with managing COVID quite properly uh, got some credit for that. Uh, and uh, he'd been in situ for four and a half years or whatever the term was last term. So I thought it was 40-60. Once you were successful, uh, what was your aim? You know, or what was your sales pitch for the job in the first place? To get things done. We, you know, uh, and I have found it frustrating over the last 11 months, best part of a year. Uh, the process is, they're stultifying. Uh, you know, and I also, I've looked, it's not every day, but most days I get things and I think, my goodness me, uh, that's going to be more difficult than I anticipated. Uh, and there are so many problems in relation to that that are more difficult than I anticipated. Uh, but it's just, just to get things done. That doesn't mean to be reckless or feckless or silly. It's to actually try and get... Um, get housing solved or at least solve, solve some of the problems. Health problems solved, you're never going to solve it all. Education, uh, we've now had the education debate and it you know, only recently concluded and there'll be lots more work. That's just the start of it. They've got primary education to deal with in the due passage of time, that's the next thing. They've got lots of things to deal with. Uh, as of we have a government, we've had Brexit, which came about, which concluded uh, you know, the end of the year. Well, I say it's concluded, it hasn't really, because we're still dealing with the consequences of it, and will be. And we've had, we had, I mean, I knew about COVID when I became president of PNR, but I didn't know on the 23rd of January that we'd be having another COVID uh, lockdown. Uh, you know, that was a, a shock to everybody, including me. Talking about COVID and the CCA, do you feel that being uh, chairman of the CCA has been a, an opportunity for you or a burden that you didn't need? Well, I don't think it's a burden, it's a responsibility. I wouldn't say opportunity. I mean, uh, you know, I don't see myself as a 12-year president or something, uh, you know, building a dynasty or having a legacy. No, that's nonsense. If you're Winston Churchill, that's fine. I'm Peter Furbrush. I don't see that. I think it's a responsibility. When I say I've enjoyed it, I haven't enjoyed all the problems that poor people have had to face because they can't travel, they can't see their laws. They're going to, sadly, some people, very sadly, some people have died and other people have been ill. But it's it's been interesting and it's been... Uh, educationally and we've had a wonderful team i think you know dr brink and her team have been splendid and all the many other people because there's lots of other people that have helped with uh, track and trace and all the other things people the welcoming team they've all done a fantastic job most people say uh, and they're the ones that are speaking accurately that guernsey's done a really good job in relation to covid has cca and the powers that you have influenced your thinking at all though on terms of um, machinery of government well i always thought it's not going to happen in my time. So these are my views, and I'm sure they won't be echoed by many. I do think we ought to have an executive government. I really do think that, because we are living in a fast-moving world now. Uh, when I went off to law school, you know, 
many, many, many years ago, it was like going from Guernsey to London was like going from here to Mars. Now, WhatsApp was off last night, and that was a panic for everybody because it was off for five or six years, hours, and you couldn't communicate with your friend in Australia or, or, or Gibraltar or wherever they may be. It's a different world. And Guernsey, we're not an independent state, we're not a sovereign state, but we're almost. We've got so many governing powers. We're recognised, you know, WHO and all that kind, uh, WTA, all that kind of stuff. We we are, we, we've got our seat almost at the table, uh, and therefore, to debate everything to death, a democratic process must continue, even if with the executive government it would continue, uh, is not is not a luxury that we can use all the time. So that's something that you will look at over the course of this. Yeah, term I may of not get very but, far but, because yeah. I may be in the minority, or maybe a minority of one, two, or three. Uh, but that's been my view for a long time. Uh, and I think Guernsey will eventually come to that, whether it's in four years, eight years, 10 years, I know not. Um, you wanted to get things done. On the 4th of November, you made a... Um, Statement to the nation. Yes, yeah. indeed, uh, which has caused a lot of, uh, a lot of interest. Um, you promised an awful lot within three months at that time, yeah. virtually none of which materialised. No, it took longer period. than I thought. You're right. And I mean, there's no point saying, oh, well, there's this excuse, that excuse. Uh, Again, I think even though I'd been in the States years ago and I'd been in the States for the last term, I'd not been at Policy and Resources before. I mean, I'd been at ANF, but that was a long time ago. I'd not been at Policy and Resources before. And when I looked at it, I realised it was going to take longer. But I think we have made good progress on lots of things. Uh, I'm disappointed with the progress on some. But I mean, for example, we got the ordinary PSO sorted out. That took longer than it should have done, but we sorted that out. Education, I don't claim credit for that. That's at least moved forward now. Uh, and people can see where we're going to go. Uh, and I think we, we, we've made ourselves more open. So timescales was, uh, was an issue, clearly. But in terms of the ambition that you outlined in that, uh, in that statement, do you stand by that? Yeah, I do. I think you should, I do. And at the end of it, when I you know, leave the States at the end of, or leave this position at the end of uh, June 2025, I'm sure I won't have achieved all the things I wanted to do. And there'll be things that will crop up that I haven't even thought of now in the next three and a half years. Uh, I've always been a person who set goals and I've never, ever, ever, ever been satisfied because you could never be satisfied of what you've done. Uh, but if, if we can do some of them, I don't think I'll be thinking, oh, that's brilliant, I've done a fantastic job. It'll be at least I've done some of those things. We'll go through some of that list of, uh, of, of issues that you outlined uh, back in November. Uh, I'm going to start off, though, with, with education. There's a, a bit of a sense that by, you know, getting education done, to, uh, to quote uh, a, a prime minister, perhaps, um, that you, if you like, have released some kind of pressure valve and suddenly no. things seem to start, uh, other opportunities seem to start No, no I think, through. well, education, I mean, a lot of time was centred on education. There's still a heck of a lot of work to do, and the Education Committee will deal with that, I have absolutely no doubt. Uh, and you're never going to satisfy all of those. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on education unless you want me to, but we've got the buildings of the system sorted out now for, for, for secondary education. But I want us to be more innovative, and I know they are big, you know. Uh, I, want, I want Guernsey kids to be at the top of the education uh, platform, really, rather than, you know, not in the second division, but nowhere near the top of the Premier League. Do you feel, though, politically, that that decision made a few weeks ago has kind of, you know, opened a valve and suddenly it seems that there's a whole lot of uh, ideas and progress seem to be coming down the track. Maybe it's just uh, happened in, in that way. Yeah, but I think that's probably true because a lot of energy was, it wasn't us, it was the education, and they put in a heck of a lot of effort uh, and they took a lot of buffeting, but I think they did very well, all of them. 
but we were involved in the process. Of course, we had discussions with them. Uh, you know, I spoke regularly to Deputy Dudley Owen. She spoke regularly to me. Uh, and uh, so that, that, you know, when I say I don't have to do it, of course, I will continue to do it. Uh, and she'll continue to speak to me whenever she wants on whatever topic she wants. But yeah, it did release some energy. I think probably your two priorities on the list that you outlined last November, or they've certainly become priorities now, even yeah. if they weren't then, I guess they were, uh, have been housing and, and population. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, those are two big issues that, that you're, you're trying to tackle. Can we talk about housing first? I mean, that's a, a difficult one, but you, you know, there's signs that, you, that uh, you know, Belgrave Vinery and things, you, you're starting to make yeah. a little bit of progress. The state's established a housing action group, chaired by Peter Roffey as president of it, uh, uh, his committee, uh, Lindsay de Summary is president of Environments on it, and I'm on it as president of PNR, and other people attend, like Dave Mahoney, Deputy Dave Mahoney, because he's in charge of property, if I can call it that, uh, for uh, PNR, and uh, also Victoria Oliver is uh, as president of DPA. In the next week or two, there will be a significant purchase by the states of Guernsey. A significant, uh, not Leo's Yard, I hasten to add, but a significant purchase. That's just a starting point. We meet regularly as housing action, and it isn't just a talking shop. We're trying to get things done. We're laying the foundation of getting things done. I don't think Peter Roffey, Lindsay to summary, Peter Fairbrush or anybody else is going to say we're going to solve the housing problem, but we're going to try and attack it and ease it a bit. And the way you can do that is by putting forward a sustainable supply of new housing into the market? That's right. That's both the state sector, either directly or via Guernsey Homes, uh, Guernsey Housing Association, I should say, or the, public, or the private sector in building houses. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, the private sector, and they are building houses. Uh, and of course, if they build houses above a certain number on a particular site, then some of those have got to be attributed to uh, social housing. So you politically and financially have been, you know, as a government, have benefited from... Uh, oh, absolutely. From, you mean from, a document duty. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, but I guess what you're hoping for is more document duty through more transactions rather than yeah, higher prices. Yeah. Like. I mean, it, there's no harm in office blocks you know, being sold for 50 million quid or whatever. That's fantastic for Guernsey or big houses being sold for lots of money. Those are great because that brings in revenue that can be used for other purposes. Uh, but it's not just that not just people buying property, though, you know, I hope as many people can buy property as possible because most people have got an aspiration if they can to buy their own flat house, whatever it might be, but also rental because rental incomes are high, you know, and the average, the medium, I know it's called the medium income now, isn't it, is about 37,500 pounds. Uh, but that means a lot of people are earning less than 37,000 pounds because some people are earning significantly more than 37,000 pounds. You chuck it all in. That isn't a lot of money when you've got to, you know, perhaps bring up a family, pay rent, buy a mortgage, all the things that, uh, you know, human beings have to do. Housing, though, potentially has uh, ability to be, you know, to do a lot for Guernsey's economy, doesn't it? In terms of, um, you know, potentially even just simply attracting uh, good people back I mean, from one of the point, One of the problems, for example, health have had, key workers, those people have got to live somewhere. Uh, and there's a shortage of uh, decent accommodation. It doesn't necessarily be houses, but decent accommodation for key workers. Those have got to be addressed. If we don't address that, and also, if you've got a 30-year-old Guernsey man or Guernsey woman that's gone away and lived away for 10 years or whatever because they've gone to college and they want to come back, they've got to be able to afford to come back. Uh, so there's got to be a stock of decent housing that they can live in. You talked about key workers. Probably over the last 12 months, there's been a new breed of key worker uh, in Guernsey. People working in hospitality and even um, you know, traditionally lower paid industries. Yeah. 
that's another issue which is you know not quite haunting you, but you know, and an, an issue for the states at the moment. What are you doing to uh, to tackle that? Well, we, in fact, just coincidentally, in two days' time, we're having uh, there's a group meeting. I'm calling it population in the wider sense, where we're talking about immigration, we're talking about population, we're talking about the open market. Uh, but we don't just want a talking shop. I mean, I think we could do something about the open market pretty quickly because there were some restrictions, in my view, that were brought in a year or two ago, two or three years ago now, whenever it was, that are unduly restrictive in relation to the open market, who they can have living there, et cetera, et cetera. I think we ought to remove those because I think people ought to be able to live in their houses and do what they want within the rounds of reason as much as they can. And I don't think I should, we should be distinguishing between open market and open market in that regard. Uh, but, uh, hosp- but hospitality and generally, uh, there's more diff- I know I'm digressing a bit, but there's more difficulty in getting people here because there's been COVID, there's been Brexit, and Brexit has made it much more difficult. The free movement of labour in Europe, etc., is gone. Uh, and also, um, people can't travel. And it, I think our population management team and our immigration team very good. I'm sure nobody's been perfect, and people will say that I put that application in three weeks ago, it took too long, etc. But I think generally it's been very good. But if you're going to get people from Latvia or Madeira or the Philippines or Kenya, you're dependent upon them to get their paperwork right, and they're not always as quick as we are. Of course, Guernsey is fortunate in a way to have its own population management regime aside from the UK's, and as a result, Brexit, while you know, it's an issue, but it doesn't actually fully dictate our no. immigration policy, does no, it? No, it doesn't fully dictate our immigration policy. We do have that... Uh, attenuation, that difference from it. But it's still attracting people here. They've still got to get, I mean, you know, if you live in Madeira, you've got to get your visa from Lisbon. Uh, you know, you're on a different, different, different landmass. Uh, that's a difficulty. And that is, uh, we can't tell them how to do their job in Madeira or Portugal or Kenya. We may have suggestions uh, and that has slowed down the process. But people like Simon Vermeulen uh, in economic development, Rob Prowl, uh, in Home Department are fully alive to that. A debate you had in the States back in the springtime was in relation to the harbours. Yeah. Uh, you ended up with a you know, bit of a uh, convoluted path to end up with a, um, uh, an eastern seaboard regeneration yeah, plan. It wasn't but, the state's finest hour, that debate. Yeah, I agree with that. But, but how, um, how ambitious are you for, for that project? Because, you know, arguably, it, it, it does represent a good opportunity, doesn't it? it? I think it is an opportunity. In the last states, the five years or four and a half years were completely wasted. Nothing, it seemed to me, have got done. We've now made this decision. We're moving forward. Uh, we should have uh, this development agency thing uh, established in the early part of next year. And I hope it's kept as free from political interference as it can be. Ultimately, the big decisions have still got to be made in a democratic process through the state's assembly. But let people who know what they're talking about get on with it and come up with some innovation. Because I don't want the world to be the same. It's great, some things we do want to be the same. But I don't want the world to be the same in 10 years as it is now. You want to move things forward. And the eastern seafront has been neglected, overlooked for a long time. One area which isn't being overlooked, but maybe has been for a while, digital uh, investment. You, a couple of weeks ago, unveiled a plan with Shaw to uh, Yeah, that comes before the states in the next states meeting. 12 and a half million pounds of public money. They're, they're putting in 25 million, we're putting in 12 and a half. So, so that is, a, you know, I mean, perhaps it's a uh, public-private partnership, uh, I guess, you know, much, much derided uh, at times. But 
this, I guess, is a, is a practical way forward for really you're tooling Guernsey up again. Well, that's it? the point. Guernsey at the moment is whatever it is in the list. This will move us significantly up the list. It's not just a matter of moving up the list. It's making it showing that we are a, a prime time, uh, first division shows my age, Premier League, international class uh, society that can attract people. And uh, it needed public money to make sure it is, it's done. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been economic for any uh, provider to have uh, done what they're going to do. Is that a model which you could see you could replicate in other areas? I, I would hope so. It depends what it is. Uh, that seemed to me a practical one. You could see, you're literally going to be able to see the product there, aren't you, in a few years' time. Maybe it's going to take about five years from start to finish. Uh, but yeah, if people come up with ideas, I mean, because you're a politician, people think you should have all the ideas. That's not the way at all. You, you'll have your own ideas, but you're looking at other people to feed you ideas, which you and your colleagues can say, that's a good idea, a bad idea. Let's see how we can facilitate and improve and develop the good idea. Uh, another one you had on your list was uh, reform of the civil service. Yeah. Uh, what progress have you made in that area? Well, we've made a bit, but it's not as much as I hoped. We are going to make that. The, there's, we're reforming the machinery of government as well, which is wider than that. And in fact, we made a decision very recently that uh, there'll be a, a grouping of people which will include the vice president of PNR and another member of PNR, uh, another, another states member and somebody from outside the states, which will look at that. But the transformation has gone slower than I hoped, uh, but I hope it will move forward with some uh, degree of uh, activity quite soon. Uh, there's uh, talk about um, rationalisation of property services and uh, and development of a new front office uh, concept. I presume that's digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital, that's a front office, you know. You still need human beings to speak to, but it, it is digital. And the rationalisation of property, the political lead on that is Deputy Dave Mahoney, uh, who really is action man, is getting on with that. And, uh, but again, A, like us all, he's had to learn. He's had to you know, find out the information before he could move forward. And B, He's now in that moving forward with our support process. And I think things will develop there relatively quickly. In terms of property, I guess, you know, there's, there's a windfall when you sell it. And, but I guess in the main that you're looking to sell the redundant state's property. Yeah, that, that's the intent. It's not as many as people think. You know, somebody in the state said, oh, we've got £2 billion worth of property. That includes your hospital, your airport, your schools. I don't think anybody's in the idea of selling those. But there are places that we could sell. But they will bring in millions rather than hundreds of millions. And of course, there is that rationalisation process, which I say is being led by Deputy Mahoney. And we'll sell them as soon as we can for the best price we can. And, uh, you know, I throw back to COVID and lockdown one, but um, hybrid working within the States. So you've still got quite a few public sector workers working from home, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Uh, my views are quite well known. I think generally there may be circumstances where people need to work at home and it's more prudent they work at home and we're rationalising the building so we're going to have less space. We're going to contract into two buildings in due course rather than all the ones we've got at the moment. I'm talking about the administration staff, et cetera, et cetera, and total insurance, et cetera, et cetera. I, my personal view is that we should, where possible, do that. But we live in Guernsey and where possible, people should work from their offices. And that's whether it's in the States or elsewhere. I can't tell others how to do their business. That seems to me. We're social creatures, we get on be better if we're speaking to each other. You know, I could say, Bill, what do you think about this? Fred, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm less likely to do that if I've got to pick up the phone or send them an email. November 2020, you, uh, you know, were talking about action and uh, very much keen on spades in the ground yeah. um, you know, and, and infrastructure development. 
I guess, uh, again, progress on that has not been as you would have liked. Nowhere near as much as I liked. And I named specific projects and none of those have been developed. Uh, and I think we're maybe moving towards one of those being developed. It's taken too long. It is taking too long and we should speed up. I mean, people want to see certain, we know certain areas of Guernsey need to be dealt with. They should be dealt with. There's always a reason for not doing them. I'd actually like to see reasons uh, for doing them. I'd like to see them done. Uh, any particular, I, mean, I think, um, it, again, November 2020, you mentioned Havilet Slip, Fermain Wall, Cowshorn Steps. All of those. I'd like to see all of them done. It's investment in, in what well, people recognise as Guernsey. It's Guernsey. It's Guernsey. It's Guernsey. Uh, you know, uh, people are used to that. Born and bred Guernsey, but I'm used to those. I'd like to see them done. And you are currently sorting out finance for that to, to happen. I mean, yeah. both uh, cap, the budget was released this week is making the first steps towards uh, capital reserve to, yep. to, to, yep. to put yep. into those yep. projects. But don't forget, the, we've got the tax review. Uh, it's not concluded yet. Whatever the result of that, there'll be, a, there'll be a policy letter next May, which will be debated in July, which will be the real, well, I say the real, you know, the detailed tax review. People will have to make decisions then. Uh, there's a figure in the policy letter, uh, the tax review policy letter, I think it's figure five, which talks about 2025 surplus of 12.8 million. But that's, A, that's variable, but B, that's a revenue surplus. If we're going to put 2% of GDP away, or GVA, whatever we call it nowadays, which is over 60 million, we've got a great shortfall. And we need to do that because, uh, you know, it's like a house. If you don't maintain it, if you don't develop it, it's going to fall apart. We're talking about the budget, um, effectively that budget has signalled a significant uh, economic return from COVID. Uh, how do you, or do you feel that is sustainable for Guernsey? We'll find out in the next year. I mean, it's certainly a surprise to everybody, including uh, the Treasury lead or, or BNR. We're delighted. Uh, it's been, you know, it, it, it's news that uh, we didn't expect, but we're pleased to receive. Uh, I think if I were to say yes, that would just be, I think, I'm not saying it'd be unduly optimistic. I think we need another 12 months and see. Financial services, I guess, you're seeing as the major driver of that. It is, that's right. But the tourism recovery? Uh, well, that's good, but again, uh, that is good, but again, the figures are, and quite rightly so, much less down than what they were, uh, say, in 2019, uh, because uh, people have been limited in what they can travel. But again, it's the thing, as the borders open up, will people still spend as much money in the economy uh, locally, you know, because they're not going on holiday at the moment to Spain or, or wherever they're going to go. Uh, and they'll take that money with them when they go. It's all these factors. I think the next year, the next two years, will give us a more realistic picture. Okay, let's conclude our conversation with a little bit of uh, political um, uh, oversight. Uh, you've, you've, you know, you're able to uh, paint a picture of, of some degree of progress now, however you know, slow that that may have been. But politically, things haven't always been particularly harmonious in the, in the chamber over the past uh, 10, nine months. Do you regret that? Is that something that's necessary? Did you expect the, 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 the way that the political term has mapped out so far? No, I didn't expect it. Uh, I, you know, in a democracy, you're going to have disputes, general differences. Uh, because uh, and that's reasonable. That's why you have a democracy. Uh, people have different views. I think that should be dealt with civilly and, uh, and reasonably. I think there are some of the assembly that if I were to say that today is a particular day, they would say it's a different day. And I think that's regrettable. Not caused by me. Do, do you feel, is the mood in the States very different to any previous states you've sat in? 
Well, I think it's better than the last states. I think it's more just, I think there's more, generally, I'm generalising, of course, more cohesive than it was last time. Uh, but I sat in the second, I had a 16 year gap between that and the previous assembly. And it was a different era then. It was a different era. I was on advisory and finance, which was then the senior committee uh, from 97 to 2000. And if advisory and finance said something, 99% of the time it went through. We had no more power than PNR has got today or the policy council had previously. But if we said it, it was debated, it was respected, and it was generally followed. It's different now. What about public perception? How do you feel that the government is being viewed by the electorate at this time? Well, again, it, you never get 100% dear. I think generally, generally, on most things, people think we're trying to do our best. I mean, for example, tax reform, people don't want GST, I know that, but we're gonna, you know, we've got to build our arguments on that. Uh, but nearly everybody I've spoken to, nearly everybody I've spoken to, uh, I'm using this just as an example, thinks, yes, we've got to have it. We've got to have some, not GST, we've got to have some kind of tax increase because we've got to pay for services and people don't generally want their services cut back because we've got very good services in Guernsey. I'm sure they could be more efficient, etc. but they're very good services. I think generally, uh, okay, I think some people are fed up with certain politicians always sniping. Deputy Peter Furbrush, thank you for your time today. Pleasure. So that was Deputy Peter Furbrush. And I think we can summarise from that that there's been progress in some areas and less so in others. We'll have to diarise coming back in a year's time to check in with him again. The Guernsey Press Politics podcast will be back in action again this week with another state's meeting which will conclude the tax review debate along with a mix of other issues. My colleagues Helen Bowditch and Simon Delarue will be back with the six-minute states throughout the week. So listen out for that and thanks for listening.